Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how positive education and conscious parenting can impact their entire life as well as society. I am your host, Julie, and each Thursday, we are having conversations with guests on different themes, and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view, and learn in a non-judgmental way. Today, our special guest is Lainey Liberty, a best-selling author, international speaker, community leader, teen mentor, and alternative education advocate, who helped to spearhead the thriving world schooling movement. She has even spoken about world schooling on the TEDx stage in Amsterdam. Lainey is also the founder and creator of Transformative Mentoring for Teens and co-facilitates the Project World School Teen Retreats. Together with her son, she went on an adventure in over 40 countries around the globe, practicing partnership parenting and unschooling. We talk all things mental health, learning differently, questioning rules, transformational immersive learning experiences, self-healing and partnering with teens. As always, thank you so, so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. You can also write a review if you're listening from Apple Podcasts. Click on the five-star button on Spotify and join us on Instagram at The Bubbling Adventure for daily positive education content. But without further ado, let's begin. Hi, Lenny. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, warm greetings from Mexico. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so jealous because I was just telling you I used to live there and yeah, I do miss it every day. So enjoy that. <laughs> uh, would you please be able to introduce yourself to the audience? Absolutely. So uh, my name is Lainey Liberty. And first and foremost, I'm a mom. And that's really where where most of, you know, the my origin story comes from. I am a mom, a single mom to a now adult son who is 23. And about 14 years ago, we were experiencing the effects of the the economy crash California and we decided to make a change and that change was 
you know, um, I owned a business at the time. I worked for 18 years in marketing and advertising and I was overstressed and, and um, I really was missing out on my son's childhood. And when the economy crashed in California, I knew by the end of 2008, I was not bringing my staff back. So I looked at my son one night in the office and he was nine at the time and, I, and his name is Miro. And I said, Miro, what do you think if we just get rid of all of this stuff and go have an adventure? And he said, oh, I'm in. And that wow. was the start of what became a life transforming you know, um, journey. And it's still happening, by the way, because what was to be a one year trip uh, turned into, <laughs> you know, it lasted well, it's still lasting, even though we're not living together, we're still in the same town in Mexico now. And mm -hmm. we've both created a base here. But we've been we had lived nomadically for 12 or so years before we settled when the pandemic hit. And we've been to 40 something countries and a lot of transformations later, um, we've really blossomed into two people that are really positive about uh, mental health, um, working with teens and really self-healing, the, the whole um, practice of self-directed healing. So there's a lot we could talk about in all of that. Yes, please. No, this is very interesting. I No wonder he was in. It's, it's amazing <laughs> that you were able to do that with your son. It's, it's yeah. great. So what was your, what was your plan initially for the first year? Did you have a one destination or was it several or? So we are from California, like I said, and we were just going to head south. So we were going to start where we, you know, where, where our origins started from, L.A., Southern California, and head into Mexico as our first country and head south. And the plan was to take one year uh, to end up in Ushuaia, Argentina. So we never made it to Ushuaia. It's what, 14 years later, we still haven't been that far south. We haven't stayed in, in Mexico this whole time. In fact, it's just a coincidence that this is the country that we happen to be in for a conference when the world shut down in 2020 and we, I just never left. Mm -hmm. So um, we applied for a residency and now we're here um, as residents. But that wasn't the case before. We were deciding that, you know, here are two people. Um, I was missing out on my child's childhood. And we were very, very close. And there was nothing I wanted more than to repair, you know, those missing years that I was constantly overworking mm -hmm. and really build on our relationships. So we set out to um, have this adventure and there was no big agenda except for the end point. And when you live a conventional life, a year seems like a mighty long time and you could do a lot in a year. But as we discovered, we really fell into slow travel and we adapted a form of, well, you know, you talk about conscious parenting, we call it partnership parenting. And we took the authoritarian, um, uh, like, you know, that paradigm out of the whole parenting, you know, relationship. And instead of me pulling him, we decided to walk 
the planets side by side. And that really opened up a lot of different things through experiencing parenting and traveling and an alternative lifestyle, it allowed us to really start to question all of these norms, all of these things that we expected of ourselves, all mm -hmm. of these belief systems that we took in that we never questioned. And we left the United States with a couple of sort of what I call scaffolding. Number one, we were going to do everything in partnership. Number two, we were going to be open to everything. And our our um, motive was to be able to, to say yes, a true yes to everything. And what that meant was we had to create our value system are and I really identify what our individual core values were and then what our family's core values were because we weren't living with rules we were already questioning those things the rules of convention and the core values allowed us to see if these opportunities or challenges or decisions were in alignment. And if they were, that gave us a true roadmap of how to make decisions. And also the idea of being truly accountable for our inner worlds, because it wasn't gonna work being together 24 seven with another human being, whether it's your child or not, mm -hmm. and not have this really, um, rich culture of communication. And so we really learned to um, nurture that and that became one of the center points. And so another one of our sort of edicts or scaffolding was every night we were gonna do a check-in and our check-in was to see what worked, what didn't work and, and what the challenges were coming up. And we learned true, honest, um, radical accountability about our own internal worlds. And we noticed that the external worlds were a reflection of what was happening in our internal spaces. And so mental health and using tools for healing and understanding our triggers, all that became a part of our norm, of our normalized relationship. So I've got a lot to talk about along those things, but um, yeah, that, mm -hmm. that's pretty much it. <laughs> no, I, I love that. Uh, it's so interesting. And so uh, your son was nine years old at the time, but what are some of the norms that you mentioned that you questioned and then gave up? Like, was do you have any rules or things like that as an example to share? Well, first of all, questioning everything became our, you know, sort of mantra. And the very first thing that came up, so like I said, we were intending to spend one year traveling and I pulled my son out of public school to have this trip. And I knew intuitively that he would learn way more in one year of travel than he would ever learn, you know, in fifth grade in public mm -hmm. school. So I never even questioned that. And I was like, you know, when we get back to the, the U.S., he can just pick up where he left off and he's going to have a great experience. And, mm -hmm. you know, regardless, he's ahead of his class and he's really bright and it's not going to be a big deal. So I didn't really have that. I'm bringing with us workbooks and let's stay up to date and let's not have learning gaps. I didn't 
have that mindset. I knew that this was really going to benefit his education regardless of what happened next. But about eight months into our travels, remember I told you my son and I were saying yes to everything based on our alignment with our values? Well, eight months into our travels, my son said to me, can we just keep doing this forever? And of course, I had to say yes, because that was one of our, um, you know, one of the agreements that we had. And it was really in alignment with our values. And we were doing it in partnership. And we were both learning so much. So yes to that. And then I had to take a step back as the responsible parent and really imagine education and what i mean by imagine is go into my thinking brain and understand the beliefs that i had about education what culture and society has been telling me and then look at what we were actually doing and what we were actually doing was learning um, in a very rich way we were both profoundly learning from the world around us we were learning things that were quite academic without focusing on academics. And what that brought up was actually reimagining what education was. And once we replaced the word education to the word learning, everything came into sort of, you know, fell into place and it came into focus. And so questioning that education was a thing that was earned or given to my son by these sort of seers on the stage or, you know, I think the, the expression is sage on the stage, I guess. Um, we didn't need that. And mm. we didn't need to follow some sort of curriculum or there weren't any quote unquote learning gaps that a lot of people have been talking about, you know, in over the last two or three years when school is, has really been um, sort of reimagined for a lot of people because of the pandemic. And that kind of freedom to not only reimagine what education was, but to redefine that learning was the thing that was most important and to recognize and facilitate as a partner that learning happens naturally and it's rich and it's deep and that our own curiosity will guide us into these deep explorations and because we had this deal of doing things in partnership i discovered you know in my early 40s at that time that i had this deep love for history and archaeology pre-columbian specifically and i didn't know anything about it i I didn't have any interest in it before just by virtue of being in the world and being in these countries and coming across the history. I was like fascinated. So that lit me up. And because we were in partnership, he would come along with me as we were doing these sorts of investigations that were, you know, really quenching my curiosity. And for him, he got fascinated with gardening and with farming and with history and mythology and all of these crazy things that came across his path that I nurtured, that we really explored together. And the partnership, you know, paradigm really enhanced both of our experiences because it was as natural as breathing. It was it was really wonderful. 
And that kind of experience really opened up the world to us. So we questioned education, but we questioned everything like, you know, what does a family look like? Well, we're in partnership and that looks very different than an authoritarian paradigm or that our internal worlds really need priority and we need to take time to actually nurture those things too. And so we put a deep focus on that and that's not how the normal conventional world usually works. So mm. that that was the, the beginning of our transformations. And then of course, you know, like over the, you know, the, I mean, it's been 14 years now, but you know, he's 23 now, he'll be 24 in April. And at 21, he decided that he, it was time for him to have his own adventure. And that was during 2020. So, you know, but we're, we're as close as can be as two people can be. And it's just so lovely to have that connection and bond. And he lives in this, like I said, he lives in this town too. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Yeah, mm, that's amazing. And so, yeah, he, he spent his entire teenage years just traveling and meeting so many different people, which is so enriching when you meet people from different cultures, countries, and just I think it's the best gift I, I mean I love traveling and I love meeting people so I, yeah. I might be a bit biased but I think it's the <laughs> best thing and it makes you grow so fast and just you know open up your mind and I really like that and you even did a TED talk together right yeah, can you talk did. about that experience 
Yeah, it was a little crazy. Well, we were invited to do the TED Talk. I think it was 2016. I think that's when it was. And we were in Peru at the time and we had three months. We're like, okay, yeah, let's say yes to everything. We said yes and we did it and we flew to Amsterdam and spoke at this TEDx conference uh, for educators. And here we are talking about natural learning. So we we were like the, you know, the sort of black sheep in this big education conference, but it was a lot of fun. And I realized that although I speak a lot and I do podcasts and I give presentations, I'm not a, a person who can memorize things and stay on script. I have a really hard time with that. My son was really good and we had this limited amount of time. So I wrote the speech, um, and he memorized his part and I couldn't remember my part. <laughs> I, remember. I wrote it. I did everything I could. I like recorded it, read it, listened to it, everything I could. And at the end, I had to put everything onto flashcards and, and whatever. But my son is such a brilliant, articulate speaker. And at 16, he rocked that stage. And I was just, you know, sort of in the background, but so proud of him. And we told our story and we included some of the travel adventures that we had that took us outside of our comfort zone. And we also talked about the work that we were doing. And basically what happened was when my son hit adolescence, um, we started speaking at conferences. And the first thing that happened was it was the first time my son was around at our first conference. It was the first time he was around a bunch of free thinking, free, uh, free range learners. And he's like, these are my people. These, you know, it was an unschooling conference and it was the greatest thing. And we're just coming off of at that point, like three years of traveling, just the two of us, but having these amazing adventures. And he's recognizing that as he's transitioning into his adolescence, he wants community. And so we had these really heart, deep heart to heart conversations like, should we go back to the U.S.? Should we stop this lifestyle? And he said, no, absolutely not. I do not want to live back in the U.S. I love this lifestyle. And so I said to him, well, why don't we invite teens to come to us? And we can then create these immersive learning experiences like you've been having, but we could do it in community for teens. And he's like, all right, you think it'll work? I was like, sure, why not? We could do anything. We're creators. Why not? We could do anything. And because I'm a really deep researcher, I learned everything I could about um, creating learning communities, everything I could about the teen development from a, a psychology perspective, from a developmental perspective. I read, I listened to podcasts, I reached out to people, I talked to them. I learned everything I could in that vein. I learned everything I could about nonviolent communication, about um, conflict resolution, about holding space. And finally, when I felt like we were prepared, we designed a, um, our first, we first, my son and I formed a company together. He was 13 and it was, it's called, we still have it, Project World School. And we started to bring teens to the first place where we were at. We were based in Peru at the time. And that was our first trip. And that was, I think in 2012. And we ran Project World School for 10 years, had hosted over 100 teenagers in wow. like 
15 or so different countries. We've brought groups of, you know, communities of teens over the years to Peru, Ecuador, Mexico, um, Wales, Greece, uh, Japan, um, South Africa, Thailand, Vietnam, all over. And we've done these trips as these month-long immersive learning experiences that have been transformational for groups of teens. But I do want to bring in what happened during all of this, this, um, uh, the facilitating team. Mm -hmm. So I come from a background, my childhood was riddled with um, trauma. Uh, I had sort of an abusive background and I had a lot, I had, I had uh, an insecure attachment um, style and lots and lots of self-healing to do. And because one of my trauma responses was hyper-independence, um, like I was adamant, I'm doing this healing myself. I'm going to find out how to do it. I'm going to look at this stuff. I did shadow work. I did like all this incredible research. And I had been doing that um, throughout my adult life, even before I had my child. And so that was my mission. I'm going to heal myself. I'm noticing patterns in my relationship and uncovering and going deeper and deeper and deeper. And the tools that I used for my acts of self-healing um, also came into play when I started to facilitate our, our interactions, my son and I, because again, 24-7 together, like these are triggers. Let's talk about what's coming up. What are the the beliefs that are below the emotions. Let's talk about the emotions. Let's really unpack that. Let's pull apart and look at the beliefs. What are some of these deep hurts? And so doing it with myself and then helping my son by facilitating those, um, you know, those sorts of challenges became just part of our, our family dynamic and our family culture. And I noticed here I am with a group of 15 teenagers and now we're sitting in community, all living together in a strange country with strange, meaning it's outside of their comfort zone and it's a new place, mm -hmm. new food, new environment, new everything. Um, things come up. And so I dipped back into my experiences of self-healing and started to facilitate these tools with the teens and then recognizing and helping them to identify what's happening in their inner world. So it's, it's a world schooling trip. Project World School was about world schooling. Um, but what happened was it was also an inner world exploration and the inner world explorations came from, you know, having the experience of using all of these tools in the past. And then when 2020 hit, we had facilitated big communities of world schoolers. My son and I had also, um, we've produced nine conferences for world schooling families all around the world and in fact the the next uh march coming up will be our 10th conference for hundreds and hundreds of families that join us and what happened was these communities and all of the people that have been around us have been saying okay it's 2020 our teens are struggling 
what can we do? And so that's when I put together all of the tools and all of the work that I had done with the teens over 10 years. And then my own healing and then partnership parenting with my son into two big projects. And the first project was transformative mentoring for teens. And I've been now working with teens, teaching them specifically these tools for greater mental health um, online through through my new company, Transformative Mentoring for Teens. And then for parents of teens, I put all of those experiences into a book. And that came out in May and it became an Amazon bestseller. Um, it's actually here. It's called wow. Seen, Heard and Understood, Parenting and Partnering with Teens for Greater Mental Health. And I include a whole chapter in here of tools that you can use to facilitate, you know, understand triggers, understand beliefs, build your own library of core values, how to, how to use core values as a tool, look at archetypes, what are shadows, you know, those, all of that stuff specifically for teens, but in this book too, I talk about partnership parenting, which is the whole experience that my son and I had uh, through our, you know, travel years, you know, living 24 seven together, it's just us. And I'll say to you, whatever's not healed inside of you, even if you feel like you're, you're, you know, like leaving a bad situation or bad habits or bad patterns, you take it with you. So that stuff needs to, to be looked at. And I guess the last thing that I want to say about those of us that are parents that have had trauma that we've needed to heal in our lives, um, when we have kids, and especially <laughs> teenagers, they're going to push those buttons. And if they're not healed, and even if they are healed, those things will always come up. They will come up because it's a part of your DNA. It's a part of who you are. And the choice that you make as somebody who's healed past traumas and understands your inner worlds is to recognize when those patterns come up and instead of reacting from those spaces, which are the indication triggers give us, um, you can choose to watch it and respond. So yeah, it's, it's a gift. All of it is a gift. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I, yeah, I mean, everything is very beautiful. Congratulations on the book. It's amazing. And on all the good work that you're doing. And yeah, it's, it really sounds like it's a true passion, but at the same time, I know that it's work, you know, so it's good. And, and thanks for, for doing that. But I'm so glad you said as well that people need to do the work as much as they can so that it helps alleviate some of the ego that just responds to whatever triggers you um and so yeah like I feel like once you're on the journey it can feel a little bit scary because you open the door to so many more things than you thought you actually experienced <laughs> I mean that's my experience but you know I was like oh it's fine it's fine and then you open the door and you're like mm, there's a little bit of work to be done um but it's so interesting and I felt it also helps me understand other people better and just 
knowing who I am and how I fit in this world. So I think it's great, but definitely doing the work before welcoming kids is very important and it can actually break generational trauma, which wow. is incredible. So no, thanks. Thank you for sharing that. I, uh, yeah, I completely agree. And this is why we're here today. So <laughs> thanks. Um, is there any last advice that you'd like to share? Yeah, I would always, I always advise parents to become a person who pauses your follow a habit of pausing before you respond because that gives you some time to re-regulate your nervous system especially if you're triggered and if you practice this as a habit you'll start to be able to recognize when you are playing a program a pattern is running and the only way that you can break a pattern from being an active part of your life is by pausing and observing what's happening internally so that's the best piece piece of advice that i can give to anybody <laughs> yeah this is so true and i mean i think a lot of oh sorry for saying that can be avoided if you as you said, just pause, take yeah. a breath. And yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. And it applies to every kind of relationship as well. It does yeah. indeed. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so, so much, Lainey. We'll put all of the links in the description box so that people can go and, and check your good work. And thank you so much for talking to us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me here and also keep up the great conversations. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.